they can look at a whole lot of information and divide it into possible topics. Then they are able to make good progress. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Hi everyone, this week we're going to switch it up a bit and play for you the audio portion of one of our IEW webinars. Because the webinar itself is over an hour, we're splitting it into two parts, but we'll post both of them this week. And we'll post any links or websites mentioned in this recording at IEW.com podcast. Enjoy! Good evening, Andrew Pudewa here. I hope you can all hear me all right. This is our Unit 8 webinar, and I am hailing from our headquarters in eastern Oklahoma. And I do hope you can all hear pretty well. This is a little bit different approach to our monthly webinars to help you navigate through the nine units. Generally, if people make it to April or May, they pretty much know what they're doing. So uh, we we don't see quite as much demand for assistance at this point, and I see many of you have been teaching <laughs> almost as long as I have been. So good to see all of you here. And this is, as you see, a flipped webinar, which means the letters are weird because they're flipped, I guess. And the idea is that you would have listened to or watched and listened to our entirely complete one-hour Unit 8 webinar from previous year, and that tonight we're going to zip through these things, answer any questions that you might, might actually have, and be done with it so that we can get back about our real lives with our families and other things that need to be done. I'm very happy to see some of the comments, especially Kathleen who says, the forum has saved my bacon many times. So I'm grateful to know that our efforts in that area are of good service to you. Our nine units, as you know, unit one and two, makings and writing from notes. This is our foundation in September, retelling narrative stories. And there's all sorts of variations on that story sequence chart that can be incorporated into your teaching. In October, November, we usually focus on the Unit 4 topic clincher paragraph model, summarizing reference, not writing everything, but just some of it, which is why it's called summarizing. And then Unit 5 in December and January with writing from pictures back on the creative, imaginative thinking side. You have a set of pictures, no story per se but a methodology of thinking about those pictures. And that is a weaning step between Units 1, 2, and Unit 7. 
you know, six is our research summarizing multiple references, and I hope you all had a good year with that. The mini books and the source text, the theme-based writing lessons, the continuation courses all have excellent materials. And of course, some of you are competent and confident to be creating your own materials, which is wonderful as well. Unit 7, Inventive Writing. That's what we did last month. Inventive, we changed it. If you've been with us many, many years and you watched our original TWSS, you came to a seminar with me, you probably heard that being called Creative Writing. And we've changed that for a couple reasons. One, Creative Writing carries, of course, kind of a lot of baggage with it. What is Creative Writing? It includes all these different kind of unusual spontaneous, express your feelings, express your own personal thoughts, free form, a lot of things we don't do in that same way. And so we change it to inventive, which of course is the approach for classical invention, figuring out what to write, uh, coming up with the content, and we have the methodology of asking questions to come up with the content, and then organizing and presenting those ideas. So. We've changed the term, and it seems to be accepted pretty well. Unit 8 is where we are tonight with the formal essay models, and hopefully you are familiar with those from the teaching writing instruction style, from the webinar preview. And then we will finish up next month with Unit 9, which is our formal critiques and, by extension, response to literature. And those are the nine units of the instruction style. And we find that the progression through them is very, very helpful because it uh, assists students from that basic just move a fact from here to here all the way up to tell what you think about something and tell what you think and collect up your facts to support that. So, all right. So what is an essay? According to dictionary.com, a short literary composition on a particular theme or subject, usually in prose and generally analytic, speculative, or interpretive. Another definition I saw is generally expressing the ideas, beliefs, or opinion of the writer, which would correspond, it would harmonize with analytic ideas, speculative beliefs, interpretive opinion of the writer. So an essay, by definition, must have an opinion contained in it. We are using the Unit 8 model, and we're going to show you the models that are available within the Unit 8 family. This is the basic model, introduction, three topics, conclusion, the five-paragraph model. And we tend to stress in this that students don't say, I, I think, I believe, I feel, in my opinion, because that tends to weaken the writing. So we, at this point, try to encourage them, say what you think, feel, or believe. What is your opinion without saying I or my? And that tends to strengthen the writing. So that's why that's on the chart. These little posters, if you are a premium subscriber to our website, you have access to a PDF of these posters, and you can print them and hang them up in your teaching space. If you are a classroom teacher, you can buy large, thicker, laminated, nice versions of these posters to hang in your classroom. 
and I think they're very useful because one of the things that we're all about is the blended sound site approach. We not only try to explain, but we try to show. We not only show, but also explain. And if we can get some type of tactile kinesthetic experience in there for the students as well, then that's very good. I'm very happy, Michael, that you are recommending to Tammy our podcast. Julie and I work very hard on coming up with content that makes that podcast useful, as well as relatively short format and easy for you to listen to while you're doing other things, as many of us do with podcasts. So thank you so much for recommending it. It's always a pleasure for me to go out and meet people and say, oh, I heard your podcast. It's good. So we go over these basic things. What's the difference between a report and an essay? A report is fact. An essay must contain, by definition, an opinion. We have a certain number of paragraphs. And in our unit four and six, that number of paragraphs would equal the number of topics. So one paragraph, one topic, subject equals topic. Two paragraphs, you'd have a subject, you divide it into two areas, and that equals two topics. And you can tell two things about two aspects of two elements, according to three would be three. And then, of course, with an essay, we force a few things. We have an introduction. We have a conclusion, and we kind of force that opinion into the conclusion by saying, of all that you told me about you know, whatever it is you're telling me, what's the most important thing and why? That's a ancient rhetoric. That's a progymnismata technique known as amplification, where you choose one thing and tell to whom is it most significant and why is it most significant. So that helps end with a bang. There are a few other ways to end a conclusion. One would be to give a little mini sermon, some kind of call to action that the reader can embrace at the end, and that gives the writing more power as well. So with basic essay planning, you want to determine the subject. You want to ask, if possible, a question. Right? That drives your research. That drives your essay. It already gives it focus. If you just say, I want to write about Nebraska, that's pretty huge. I mean, that's a massive subject for three or four or five or seven or even 10, 12 paragraphs. So to give focus, which is a big kind of buzzword in writing books, you want to narrow it down, restrict it to the point where you can ask a specific question, what are the main products of Nebraska? or are current TSA security measures effective? So rather than just saying, I'll write about the Transportation Security Administration, try to ask a question. That works so much better. Then, of course, if you're starting with the basic five-paragraph essay, you have an intention getter, background info, you state the topics. You have the three topic-based paragraphs and the conclusion which restates the topics, possibly the thesis if you have one and then tells what is most important and why. So if we were going to go into this, we might say, OK, we have our subject. What is our subject, Abraham Lincoln? OK, what are some topics about Lincoln during the Civil War? And we might come up with, oh, Julie, we've got the most politically incorrect example here in this PowerPoint. We probably better change it just so that we don't irritate real Lincoln fans. 
so I'm sorry about that. But here's what we've got. Lincoln, what can you say about him? Well, he jailed a member of the House of Representatives from Ohio because he didn't like what he was saying. He intimidated the news organizations in Philadelphia and New York. He instituted conscription, which was not yet a constitutional mandate. And he actually attempted to arrest a chief justice of the US Supreme Court who disagreed with what he was doing. The funny thing is he couldn't find anyone to actually do that. So you have three or more topics, and then you choose the topics that you want based on the number needed. So if it's a five-paragraph essay, you go with three. If it's a six-paragraph, you go with four. Seven, you go with five. If it's more than seven, you run into some of these different models. And so there you go. And, and Elkie is very happy because she's from Alberta, so she doesn't have to think about American Civil War and Lincoln and all that too much. Uh, whereas with us, it always tends to be a volatile. In fact, today in my class, I had a, a volatile conversation about Lincoln and Jefferson Douglas and states' rights versus slavery and that whole thing. Yes, I'm getting a little tired of the whole thing. So you choose the topics. Step four, you're then going to create the keyword outline. And what we recommend, of course, is that you plan the essay from the topic-based paragraphs. The introduction and clincher, you know what you're going to do. You don't have to worry too much about those. And so the first topic here, we find that he imprisoned Congressman Van Dallium. And he was critical of Lincoln, called him the king. He opposed military action. He wanted to maintain the Constitution and restore what he felt would be the best principles for maintaining the Union. He was arrested by the military and sentenced to two years. The Supreme Court said there's no evidence of fault. And so he was then exiled as a member of, to the Confederacy. But I think what he did is he went to Canada and he stayed there for the rest of the, the world. And this method of Lincoln really established the War Powers Act. So that's what we have from there. In terms of newspapers, he evidently harassed them in Philadelphia, New York, and took the Union trips and vandalized and threatened and shut down some according to presidential order. He had no legal authority to do it, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, the third one was he arrested Chief Justice Taney, only he couldn't find any person who was willing to go in and arrest an 83-year-old Chief Justice, so it didn't work so well. But we create the keyword outline. Then what we recommend is to write the body paragraphs, then write the conclusion, and last, write the introduction. So if you write your essays from the inside out, they will be much more effective. They'll be, you'll just know better. I mean, if you write the body and the conclusion, then you know better, okay, what kind of device would work on an attention getter? What kind of background information would be better? How to more aptly state your thesis statement for the whole and then how to phrase the topic. So we're generally always talking about writing the essays from the inside out. So we have a few different essay structures. There's the five paragraph essay, the six to seven expanded, the four paragraph shorter essay that might be applicable on the SAT or some kind of timed prompt-based test. 
We have the expanded essay with subtopics, and then we have the super and the super duper. So from five to 23 or more paragraphs, our essay models will meet almost every assignment need. We do have this new product, and I hope you all got it for the 12 days, or you're going to get it free at a conference that you might attend, or you could go ahead and resort to buying it from us. <laughs> but it's a portable walls for the essayist. It's tremendously handy summary of everything we have in Unit 8, as well as the process of research and writing, and some excellent uh, collection of transitional expressions and prepositions and a few other word lists. So if you haven't seen that, please get yourself to a convention and see if you can see it. Or you can look at it perhaps in more detail on the live link there, iew.com slash pwe. In there, you see a diagram of the basic essay, which would be your five-paragraph essay, or maybe the four if you shrink it. The expanded, which will be seven paragraphs with four or five topics. And then the expanded essay with expanded topics. So you would have, say, topic A, childhood, home life. Topic A, two, childhood, school life. And so one or more of your topics will be split into two paragraphs. They don't need an additional enumeration in the introduction because they are continuing, but you do need a good kind of transitional clincher to let your reader know that you're moving on but staying with this, within the same general topic. The super essay, of course, is when you take two complete five or more paragraph essays and put them together into the super essay, and this would be good for on the low end, 12 if you put together expanded essays, probably up to 17. If you had a couple expanded topics, it could be even more than that. So the super essay, very handy. And so we are rushing through our content here so that we can save time for questions and possibly even uh, end earlier than our normal end time, which is 8 o'clock. Now, Anne is asking a good question. This is excellent. She's saying, my 11-year-old boy is writing his essay on medieval sports. What would be a good question? So let's see, how could we phrase that? What are the most popular of the medieval sports? That would give a little bit of focus. Here's another one I might consider. Were medieval sports dangerous? That would have boy appeal. And it would probably give a range from chopping down trees or whatever to jousting in an arena. If your conclusion was medieval sports were not terribly dangerous, well, then you could explain how they managed to hit and whack and, and thrust and knock each other around without it being too dangerous. If it was dangerous, then you might come up with a conclusion of, which is the most dangerous, next dangerous, least dangerous, and you could prioritize that way. Let's see. Another question could be with, how did medieval sports change from the early to the middle to the late medieval period? I'm guessing that they did change as technology changed slowly, albeit slowly, but it did change. 
and possibly another, some follow-up questions, who participated in the medieval sports and why? So that would be good. One way to help students come up with questions is to have them, of course, memorize the question words. Who, what, where, why, when, how. Those are the big six. And once you've got those in your brain, you can kind of draw on them. Okay, who did medieval sports? What were the medieval sports people did? What were the problems, reasons, joys, frustrations of people who did it? Where, under what circumstances were the sports conducted? That could be, if not a whole subject, it could certainly be a topic under the subject of medieval sports. Why? Why, why, was this, why did this become popular? And who enjoyed watching it, I suppose? When did it begin? When did it end? How did things change in the middle? That would be a question. And then, of course, how? How, how did one practice and prepare? And was there a culture that pra helped people practice and prepare? So that who, what, where, why, when, how can be very helpful in terms of aiding the student in coming up with some questions that would direct their research. Deborah has an excellent question. I'm not clear about the difference between the essay and Unit 6. In both, we state our opinion in the conclusion. Basically, here's the deal, folks. Unit 6, Unit 4, and Unit 6 are meant to be building blocks for Unit 8. And so in Unit 4, you learn to collect up and inf organize information from one topic and write a one-paragraph summary on one topic. That is the first thing you do. Then the next thing is you would look for a subject that would then be divisible into two or three topics. So you have a, a bigger thing, my town, orangutans, my family, our house, the city, and you just find three aspects of that thing. Those become topics. So two, I should say two or three. Those become divisions. Those become topics within the subject, and then you would write one paragraph for each of those topics, depending on how many you want. So two or three. But we, in our system, don't really put anything in terms of introduction and conclusion into Unit 4 and 6. Now, I have met some teachers, and some of the writing-based lessons will say introductory sentence, concluding sentence, or clincher sentence. That's okay. I don't think it's necessary. You certainly have, once kids are able to print things and understand that they need to go into a format that gives division. That's the key idea. So then, once you've got that division idea down in Unit 4 and 6, then Unit 8, okay, now you've got the subject, human cloning, the divisions, three or more topics, and you write those out, and then you teach the introduction the conclusion or something simpler than human cloning, maybe a biography. And so you've got Benjamin Franklin, you want to write an essay. And so most of its research, you find out information about Benjamin Franklin's childhood and youth. You find out a little bit about his inventions. You find out a little bit about his statesmanship 
and politics. And then you add on the conclusion that restates those and tell what was the most important. You add on the introduction that gives you some kind of little dramatic opening as well as an enumeration of the topics. So unit four and six, we don't worry about. Essentially, we don't worry about introduction and conclusion. And if you want to, save those paragraphs for use with Unit 8. So I hope that answers. We do have to stop here because we're out of time for today. But because we don't want to leave you hanging too long, we'll go ahead and post the rest of the content later this week. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.